How are y'all doing today? We're going to get it. We're going to get it. Man, let's get started. Man, I want to thank everybody for joining us on such a special day as we gather here today to see Mitchell and Laura gather together in, oh, golly, holy match. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got the wrong notes. I got my notes pulled up from yesterday. Hold on. Wait a minute. I'm just messing with you, man. We try to walk up here, and, and, and we're already falling apart, but it's all good. Man, um, here's the thing. Man, I had the honor to be a part of the royal wedding that took place yesterday in this very room. And it was such a blessing to be a small part of such a big day that we celebrated together. And, man, I saw some of y'all here, and we were all having a good time. But, man, I'm going to say it again because I know I say it a lot of times. But, man, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Man, you really could have been elsewhere. You could have ended up anywhere, but you ended up here. And the prayer of my heart is that the Spirit will move in and through the church body today. And not just here at 6801 Wesley. Man, we're praying that the Spirit will move across our entire community today. Man, that's my heart's prayer, and I hope that you would join me in that same sentiment. Man, today we're still walking through the Abide series, all right? Man, if you didn't realize, we're still in the Gospel of John. We're still slow walking through chapter 15. But I want you to elbow your neighbor and say, we're almost done. Tell them, come on. Let them know we're almost there. Because today, we are going to finish chapter 15, all right? But check this out. Bonus, bonus. Next week. We're going to finish the series because John, you know, he doesn't just wrap it up in chapter 15. He actually concludes what he started in chapter 15 in the first four verses of chapter 16. And so we got a little something extra coming for you uh, next week. But here's the thing, man, I want to start off first and I want to ask y'all to check this out. I just want to let you know what happened to me yesterday. All right. So yesterday, man, I'm there. I'm, I'm in my house. I'm in my bathroom and I'm getting ready for the wedding of the year. Okay. And I was doing all the things that it takes to look good for a wedding. All right. And I don't know if y'all saw us, but Ryan, am I lying? Man, we were looking good yesterday, weren't we? Right. Boy, Mitchell and Laura, they had all the suits and all the ties and all the colors and they told us where to stand and they told us what to do. And man, we made it happen. But here's the thing. We didn't just show up and, and let it happen. There was some planning that took place. And so for some of us, ugly of us, you know, we got a lot of planning to do, you know. And so I was in the bathroom and I was in the middle of blow drying my beard. That's a thing. All right. And so I was blow drying my beard and I was trying to make it look right because when you got gray, gray just doesn't behave. All right. Gray wants to like look like this. All right. And I was trying to make it look like this. All right. And so I was in the middle of blow drying my beard. And all of a sudden, I dropped the blow dryer. Like, man, fumbled it right out of my hands. And, and here's the thing. I've always been paranoid. Like, y'all know, they say, don't use electronics near a sink, right? Well, my bathroom is only one square foot big, all right? Like, when I got married, I realized we had purchased a house that has three bathrooms, right? And my wife and I, we used to share a bathroom that is almost as big as the master bedroom, but, but I don't know uh, if everybody does this, but somehow I found myself no longer able to use the big bathroom, and I'm in this itty-bitty bathroom, all right? And so, man, I panicked when I dropped that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, dropped that dryer out of my hand because I didn't want to get electrocuted, so it missed the sink. 
But what it did was it hit the only available portion of the counter that it could, and then it flipped out into the floor, and there I was, beard halfway blown dry, and my blow dryer is still running on the floor. And so I could have done what any of y'all probably would have done. I could have bent down and just picked the thing up, but, man, I thought about it. And that would cause me to do what I call a standing crunch. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've been trying to do my best to like skip working out on days that end in Y. So I just looked at it and it was just blowing around. It was still on full blast. And it was looking like one of those water hoses on a kid's cartoon. You know, it's going crazy. And I wasn't about to bend over. So I just grabbed the cord and I started just fishing it up just like this. And what was crazy about halfway through this 90-foot cord, I don't know where they think you're going to go and blow dry your hair. You know what I'm saying? But my goodness, I could walk all the way to the church and still have power, all right? And so, man, I'm fishing this thing, and about halfway through, I get to this 9-foot size tag, and it reads like this. I'm going to put it up on the screen, but check this out. Man, there's a huge warning that says, Caution, don't use this while sleeping. Guys, I can't even use it while I'm awake, obviously, right? Man, I just have one thing, just blow dry the beard, and, and I can't even hold on to that thing, all right? It's got like a V6 on it, all right? And so here's the thing. Man, that thing was rumbling, and it was crazy, and I was like, who in the world is talented enough to utilize this thing while they are sleeping, all right? I don't understand, but it had me thinking about warning labels, and, and, and I don't know if y'all do the same thing. Man, I, there's not a lot of things that I like to read, and I'm not gonna read a big old tag that warns me, do not sleep while using this blow dryer. And, and maybe some of y'all are like that because we rarely read warning labels on products that we buy, but sometimes, man, they can give us a good laugh. And for the sake of humor, but more importantly, for the sake of safety, all right, y'all better start reading those tags before y'all use those products that you bought, all right? Man, here's some examples. Check this out. I got them up on the screen. But this wheelbarrow, all right, it says, caution, not intended for highway use. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. I guess you got to buy the extra fancy one if you want that thing to run up to 70 miles an hour on the interstate. <laughs> Y'all think that's what it's talking about? I don't know. But then there's one on this stroller. Caution, remove your child before folding. Who did this? Somebody did this. They had to put it on the box. Man, if I was guessing, I bet it was a dad, all right? But here's the thing. Check this out. A thermometer... <laughs> I'm just going to say it like this. It says, once you use it this way, don't go back and use it that way. I don't know who did it, but somebody needed it on the box, man. Somebody needed help, all right? There's another one on a Chipotle truck, all right? Man, driving behind a Chipotle, a big old diesel, all right? It says, warning, drivers don't actually carry burritos on here, all right? Guys, we laugh at that. But, you know, I got a father-in-law that works for Mrs. Bears, all right? And my man told me that a woman followed him all the way to his house, all right? And he stepped out of the Mrs. Bears truck, and she said, excuse me, excuse me, you got fresh bread in there? And he was like, lady, I don't take it to my house, you know? And she was upset, man. She couldn't find the fresh bread. She thought she would just pull him over and try to get it right off the truck, all right? Man, another one. Check this out. A dishwasher. Notice, do not allow your children to play in the dishwasher, all right? Guys, I'm going to be honest. Like, I can't even fit all my dirty dishes in the dishwasher. How am I going to fit my third grader and my seventh grader in there, too, all right? My goodness, all right? Here's one. Man, check this out. On an iron. 
Do not iron while wearing the shirt. Guys, listen to me. I'm just going to be honest with you. I want to be transparent. I've done this before. <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason why it's on the iron, all right? Man, listen, I'm not going to lie. I know how to starch it up and make it look uh, crispy, but I stopped doing that about 20 years ago, all right? So y'all probably don't believe me with all the wrinkled shirts. But anyways, I had this shirt looking really good. I put it on, and I looked in the mirror, and then I just had one collar just pointing north. You know what I'm saying? Just always telling me where north was. And I was like, oh, my goodness, let me just get the iron. It's still hot. I tried to iron it while I was wearing it, and it actually works until you touch your neck with that iron. Man, trying to explain that to my dad when he's like, so what's that red spot on your neck? And I'm like, well, okay, see what happened was I was wearing a shirt and I had to iron it and I ironed it while I was wearing the, boy, don't ever let me see you do that again, all right? And so he didn't believe me. I don't know why, all right? And so here's the thing. Man, one more, check this out. Man, the warning on this toner, it says, do not eat the toner. I don't understand why somebody would need that. Ryan, hey, listen, how many times do we get called, hey, we need help in the office uh, workroom. Man, the, the printer is acting crazy again, and sometimes it is frustrating, right? We've been in there. Remember when Linda Acker came up there and broke the printer? Remember that? It had like 17 different warnings flashing. Remember that, Linda? Linda, why are you acting like that? didn't happen, all right? And we were like, man, how are we going to figure this out? And it was hard, and it was frustrating, but never once did we look at each other and say, let's just start eating this thing, all right? We never did that, but somebody did, I guess. I don't know. Man, it's crazy. Last two, check this out. Man, that's a letter opener, and it says safety goggles recommended. Like, how aggressive is somebody getting after their mail? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's junk mail. Some of it I don't even open. I'm just like, trash, 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 bills, trash. Oh, no, I better get that one back, all right? And then the last one, this one had me going, hmm. It's a bar of soap. It says, notice, use, like, regular soap. Like, that's helpful, okay? But it made me ask the question, how in the world do you use non-regular soap? Oh my goodness, these are all examples of silly but necessary warnings, all right? We'll put the abide screen back up there so we don't distract you. Man, these are examples of silly but necessary warnings, but Ryan shared the most important warning with us last week. And the reason why I say most important is because it came directly out of the mouth of Christ. If you got a fancy Bible, the letters were read for a reason. Verse 18, Jesus was saying, warning, Warning, it's going to get ugly. Warning, haters going to hate, hate, hate. And uh, warning, men, if they hate you, it's because they hated me first. Warning, I'm going to say it one more time today. If you're a believer, hatred is coming around the corner. That's what we heard last week. That's what Christ was telling his disciples. Remember the context, right? Man, they had just had the Lord's Supper Remember what's about to follow. They don't understand, nor can they see the future, but they were hanging around Christ who can understand all those things and knows exactly what was about to happen. And he was letting them know, warning, warning. People are going to hate on you, but if they hate on you, it's because they hated me first. And so here's the thing. When we read that, that doesn't sound great. But man, elbow your neighbor and tell them that's not where the passage ends. Let them know. Let them know right now. That is not where the passage ends. See, we still have these two verses. 
And even though we have this warning that sounds really crazy, like, man, the world's going to bring hatred because they hated him first, today's passage reminds us that help is on the way. Today's passage says, man, it's going to get better. And so today we're going to again be in John 15. We're going to be sitting in verses 26 and 27. So remember that the big numbers are the chapters, the small numbers are the verses. And so if you would, man, go ahead and turn there in your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible today, man, you're welcome to take that Bible directly out of the back of the few that's right in front of you. And not only use it, you can even keep it. You can take it home with you. You can put it to good use. So, church family, as you turn and tap your scroll your way there to John chapter 15, 27 and tw- I mean 26 and 27, let me ask you that you join me in praying these three things. Number one, let's pray that God would speak. Number two, let's pray that we would listen. And number three, let's pray that the truth would set us free. Join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we pray those three things today. God, they're easy to say, but they're hard to walk out. And that's why we need your help. God, number one, would you speak today? God, you speak, not anybody else. God, would you speak? Would your Holy Spirit communicate truth in a way that is just right for each set of ears that are in this place today? God, we need your help. Secondly, God, let us hear. God, I've been guilty of sitting and listening, but not hearing. I can't tell you how many times truth was spoken, but it went in one ear and out the other. God, I pray that that doesn't take place today. Let us hear. And God, third and finally, God, we pray that if you would speak and we would listen, that we would hear that truth and it would set us free. God, we need to be set free from the sin that so easily entangles us from the sin that weighs us down. God, we need your help. Please do that today. In your name we pray, amen. Let's get at it. Check this out. It's going to be up on the screen. John 15, starting in verse 26, and then right into verse 27, it says this. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me And then in verse 27, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's run it back. Let's look at verse 26, okay? It says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds the Father. Let's just stop right there. We won't finish the whole verse. Let's just stop right there. Man, did you catch that? Did you catch what it said right there out of the gate? But when the helper comes, remember what we said a while ago. He said, warning, haters, they're going to be coming after you because they first hated me. But guess what? The helper is on the way. Man, help is on the way. He's saying it's going to get ugly. But when the helper comes. And so Jesus previously spoke of sending the helper. This wasn't the first time, all right? Man, just one chapter previous, in chapter 14, verse 16, the scripture says this, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus again talking, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He was already setting the stage. He was already letting them know, 
Help is on the way. But you know what? They didn't hear it the first time. You know, like some of us, we don't hear it the first time. And so he continues to repeat himself. And he says the help is on the way because Jesus knew that he eventually would depart from the disciples and he would even leave the earth. And he knew that the disciples would need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to face the opposition that the world would bring. He knew it. And he tells them, help is on the way. Ridgecrest, as believers, we have this same helper, right? We have this same helper. As believers, we have the Holy Spirit. And so that's my encouraging word for you today. Man, let me just tell on my family, last Thursday, me and my kids, we experienced the greatness of Hamburger Helper. Oh, man, it's been too long. Oh, man, it's been too long. But thankfully, the Mayhans, they knew how long it had been, and they showed up to church, and they said, we have something for you, Justin. And it was like they just pulled it out of a sack, but I already saw it glowing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I could already see it peeking through. And they pulled it out of the sack and it even made that noise. Ah, you know what I'm saying? And, and there it was. There was a box of hamburger helper. But, but notice how I said last Thursday, me and my kids enjoyed it, all right? Sadly, not everybody in my household is a fan of hamburger helper, all right? We have a household of four and three of us love it. And one of us cannot stand it, all right? Shannon had tamales instead, all right? But her loss, her loss, all right? Because we're not just talking about any hamburger helper. We're talking about the only hamburger helper that matters, double cheeseburger. It's the only one. It's the only one. Like they made cheeseburger and they thought, how could we make it better? Let's double everything in it, all right? Let's double the greatness, double cheeseburger. And so in verse 26, Man, when Jesus is telling the disciples what he's sharing with them, he's not talking about just any helper. He's talking about the only helper that matters. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, I am sending him to you from our Heavenly Father. And then look how this verse ends. When we get all the way to verse, the ending of verse 26, it talks about what this helper will do. He says, he will bear witness about me. He said, help is on the way. And it's not just coming from anybody. It's coming from, man, I'm sending you the helper from my father and he will bear witness about me. Like we just said a while ago in John 14, 16, Jesus had just told them that the helper was coming. And then 10 verses later in John chapter 14, verse 26, he explains that the Holy Spirit would continue teaching the work of Jesus Christ. He says he's not just going to come twiddle his thumbs and not know what to do. He's coming on a mission. Man, he's going to continue teaching the work of Jesus and so here he explained that the helper would not just be coming, but he would speak of and about Jesus Christ, church family. Man, I want you to hear today that everything this Holy Spirit does is consistent with the testimony of the nature of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Every single thing that the Holy Spirit does is consistent with the nature of Jesus Christ. The reason why this is important is because if the Holy Spirit is doing it, man, it's the right thing that's taking place. Man, he's the one who will testify of Jesus in all that he does. 
Man, somebody say we got a helper. Can somebody say that? We have a helper. And Jesus sends him to us from our heavenly father. And look at verse 27, all right? Verse 27 says, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's just talk about the first part of that phrase. And you will also bear witness. Remember, Jesus is talking to his closest followers, his disciples. He says, warning, warning, it's not going to look good. But if they hate on you, it's because they hated me first. But guess what? I'm sending you the helper. But he doesn't say just kick back and let the helper do all the work, right? Look what he says. And you also will bear witness. See, the disciples, they were not left to face this hateful world and to endure this hatred on their own. He said, I'm going to send you the helper, and the helper is going to empower you, all right? And the helper, I'm going to send him, and he's going to share his testimony about Jesus, but you too are also called to bear witness of who Jesus is and what he did to rescue the world. Man, the disciples witnessed is linked to the same testimony of the Holy Spirit. Do y'all see that? Do y'all understand that? Those two verses coming back to back, he says, the helper is coming and the helper is going to bear witness and you too are also going to bear witness. Man, they're both witnessing, all right? They're linked to one another. See, the disciples, they're bearing witness as ministers and eyewitnesses of the word. It talks about that in Luke chapter one, verse two. All right. And that forms the human side of this equation. All right, man. And that's where we get this great testimony of the spirit of truth of which our inspired gospels are all about. Right. They're the summary of their testimony. And then you have the divine side of it. All right. Being the Holy Spirit's indwelling testimony in the life and the heart of every believer in all time. Church family as believers in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. We have this same power and we have his testimony. And it works in tandem as we share the testimony that we bear witness to, okay? And so look at the last part of verse 27. It says, the first part says, and you will bear witness. But the last part says, because you have been with me from the beginning. Man, were the disciples qualified to to bear witness? I think so. Because they were able to bear witness of Jesus because they trusted him. They had the power of the Holy Spirit and they had simply been with Jesus. They had been walking with Jesus. They had been learning from Jesus. They had been watching Jesus. They were a part of Jesus' life and he was a part of their life as well. And so church family, I got to ask you, are you bearing witness? See, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to help us. He's ready and willing to bear witness. But church family, are you bearing witness? When's the last time you spoke to somebody about Jesus? Has it been a while? Has it ever happened? Because we're called as his disciples and his followers we're called to bear witness. And I want to let you know, man, I just want to be real right here. The fear of being hated and rejected by the world 
often keeps us from speaking about Jesus. Man, we're fearful of what the world may say. Man, I can't share Christ at work. Man, somebody's going to think, like, I'm all about Jesus. Man, teenager, I can't share Christ at school. Somebody's going to think I'm a Jesus freak. Man, I can't share Christ with somebody like a checker at Brookshire's or Walmart because, man, they might ask me questions that I'm not ready to answer because I don't know everything. Here's the thing, church family, don't stop bearing witness about Christ. Don't be quiet about what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Man, if you're being silent, start today. Start speaking up. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help you share the truth about him. Man, I'm going to give you a warning right now. Here's the warning. We better get to work. We better get to work. And it seems like a task that we've been given that is too hard to walk out. But we have a helper. Man, we have the Holy Spirit. We got to go get him for Jesus, guys. May he warned us about the hatred of this world, but persecution is not an excuse for silence. But it does challenge us to share Christ lovingly to a hostile world using the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, recently I read this story about a little boy named Stevie, and I want to just kind of share it with y'all today in closing. Man, Stevie was a young little boy. He was quiet. He was shy. And the craziest thing is he had just moved from one town to another, so he is brand new in this neighborhood. He was a little awkward. He was trying to fit in. And one day he came home from school and he told this to his mom. He said, you know, mom, Valentine's is coming at the end of this month, and I want to make a Valentine for every single person in my class. Man, I want them to know that I love them. And his mother's heart sank at the prospect of her son trying to make these valentines and give them to all of his classmates. And maybe they just like tear them up. Maybe they laugh at them and maybe they say, man, who are you? You know, and, and, and so, man, she was worried about the prospect of her son's rejection. And every afternoon, man, she waited for her son Stevie to be able to come back home. And she was just like, looking out the window, and she watched the children coming home from school, and they're all laughing, and they're hanging out with one another. Everybody except Stevie. Man, he was always about 25 yards back, right? He was never included in the group. And so at the same time, even though she was worried that he would be rejected, she also didn't want to discourage the well-intentioned heart of her son. And so she went to the store and she purchased glue and she purchased paper and she purchased crayons. And for three weeks, Stevie worked really hard on making each one of his classmates one of these Valentines. Man, he worked hard to make 35 valentines. And so when the big day come, he had stacked all the valentines under his arm and he ran to school that day because he was so excited. And his mother thought to herself, she said, man, this is probably going to be a tough day for my son. Probably going to be some life lessons learned. 
And so what I'll do is I'll bake some cookies and I'll have some milk ready for him when he comes home from school. And maybe that will ease the pain of not getting many Valentines. She was afraid that he was going to give everybody a Valentine and he was not going to get very many. And so that afternoon, like all the other times, she was waiting at that window, but she had cooked She had baked some cookies and she had the milk set out on the table and she was looking out that window and sure enough, here came all the children. They were laughing and they were holding Valentines. They had a ton of Valentines under their arms and they were having a good time. But where was Stevie? Stevie was still behind the group. Stevie was still not, you know, a part of all the fun that was taking place just as usual. And she had thought, bless his heart. Man, he's probably going to break into the tears right when he comes into this house. But my arms are ready, all right? Because she looked out there and Stevie didn't have friends. And he also didn't have any Valentines, right? His arms were empty and he wasn't carrying any Valentines. And so Stevie came into the house and his mother said, sweetheart, sweetheart, man, mom has made some warm cookies for you. And I got milk out there on the table. Man, just sit down and enjoy. But Stevie couldn't stop and eat cookies because Stevie's face was a glow, because as he marched right through that front door, he came right to his mom, and all he could say was these words, not one, not a single one. She thought, she was, he th- she thought that he was upset because he didn't get anything, but she let him finish. Not one, not a single one. I did not forget a single one. I gave a Valentine to every one of my classmates, and they know that I love them. He was full of joy. Man, I was doing some reading about a guy named Oscar Hammerstein II. And man, he was a wordsmith. If you love musicals, he probably wrote or co-wrote a lot of them. Oklahoma, The Sound of Music. And he's known for pinning this phrase and this phrase is debated was it for a musical and it got left on the you know scrap room floor or it's legend has it that man it was as they were filming the sound of music and one of the young characters man she was nervous and so he had written this note and she he had put it on her desk in the dressing room and it reads like this a bell is not a bell until you ring it. And a song is not a song until you sing it. And love in your heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love until you give it away. The reason why I share that is metaphorically speaking, Christ, he didn't get not one single Valentine from us. Not one single one. But it didn't matter because he did not forget a single person when he died on that cross. And guys, we are called to be just like Christ, to love others, to love them sacrificially. And we understand that hate is coming our way, but we have a helper. And so lovingly, we are called to go get them for Jesus. Openly, lovingly, vulnerably, and joyously. And let me pray for us today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful for what you've done through Christ on the cross. Man, we understand that we didn't give him anything, but we couldn't. We could never obtain what was given to us. That grace that he has shared with us, we could never have earned it. 
And that's why it's never about what we could do because we could never do enough. But it's all about what he has done because it's perfect. It's finished. And that work was done on the cross. And so today, man, as we gather around the table, God, I pray that you are ready our hearts to take the elements in remembrance of you. To remember not only what you have done, to also remember that you're coming back. But right now to remember that we need to get to work. And we need to do exactly what you've called us to do. God, if there's somebody here today that does not know the unconditional love of Jesus Christ, let them seek one of us out. Man, let them come forward during this next song. Man, I'd be glad to pray with them and have a conversation get started. Or let them find somebody in this room that has one of these big white name tags and start that conversation after the service. But God, my prayer is that they would not go another day without knowing the love that you have for them. And God, I pray for our church family, because you know what? A lot of us have been silent, me included. God, we haven't told people about the amazing things that you've done in our lives. And God, it was miraculous. We were dead and you brought us back to life, but yet we keep that a secret. We keep it quiet. And we tell people about all the other things. Man, did you see what happened on the episode of this? Or did you see what happened at the end of that game? But yet we don't tell them the greatest story that we are even a part of. God, let us bear your witness. And when hatred comes, let us not give up. Let us be reminded that we have a helper. We ask all this in your son's precious name. Amen.